Perfect. We are live. Hi, guys. Welcome back to BYOB. Today, I am joined with Cabrel Happy. Cabrel is a fourth-year major in kinesiology. He's a forward on the UVA men's soccer team, the president of SAC. He lives on the lawn, member of the Center for Citizen Leaders and Sport Ethics. That is a mouthful. He is also a Madison House PD for ACE, a member of the Athletes in Action, and a committee member of fourth-year trustees. So, Cabrel, welcome. Hey. I didn't know I was involved in all of that, but thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, that is quite quite a resume you have there. So as I mentioned in the intro, Cabral is on the UVA men's soccer team. So today we're just going to be talking about what it's like to be a student athlete. There's also currently a soccer game going on yeah, right it's, now. It's a really good goal. Who's, who is playing? Spain versus Italy. Oh. Yeah. Love that. That guy's cute. <laughs> Okay, so the first question is, do you feel like UVA students view you differently as a student athlete? Yes, 100%. How? Well, it's there's, there's many different ways you have. People view student athletes in, I guess, one of two ways. It's either, actually one of three ways. The first one I'd say is people view us as gods almost in some sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As in like, you're above me, you're like, so much better you're cool like someone I have to look up to like almost as if we're celebrities mm-hmm. like, I guess the second way is that people um, treat us normally and see like oh he's actually just like another human being with that's exactly like me he's just really good at running around and kicking a ball <laughs> which is what I'd prefer people to look at me as Okay. and then there's the third part where they just look at me and they're like he's an athlete I don't like him because he has all these privileges and people worship him kind of so yeah those are, i guess are the three ways that people i say for you student athletes so you say you like when people view the second way but how does it make you feel when they either look at you as a celebrity or they just discount you as a person due to the fact that you're an athlete well the first part i'd say i like try not let it get to my head and just like always remind more so myself by telling them that it's not the case i'm just like them like i'm not anything special um, and I guess I do say that just so they know that they don't have to look at me like that. But also it's just a constant reminder to myself that I'm not necessarily defined, not, I'm not defined by my sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one, I would say when people discount me, I just understand that like it's not, it's not because they don't necessarily like who I am as a person or what I do. It's just because the perception of me is um, some arrogant sort of cocky like athlete that thinks he's above everyone else Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think it's their fault and i don't blame them for looking at me like that Mm. but yeah that's how i look at it do you feel like you feel a pressure to uphold a certain image because you have so many eyes on you being a student athlete but also just like living on the lawn and living in such a public space somewhat but it's not anything special that i haven't it's not an image I haven't had to uphold my whole life. You know, I've always been, my dad's always told me to walk around with um, integrity, with confidence, but also with humility, mm. um, especially, and also with um, carry yourself and give and receive love. That's always been the most important thing mm-hmm. in my life. So I think I don't necessarily, the, the biggest image I've had to uphold is just Livis Cabral. And that's someone that I don't see myself above people. I see myself most of the time as like, or seven below people obviously there are times i'm not gonna lie as a human being that like the cloud per se would get to your head and you're like oh like i've done this i've done that like mm-hmm. um 
I, I must be better than other people, but I'm always, I always try really quickly to remind myself that I'm just a normal person um, that works really hard. And if you see right there, it's my favorite poster. <laughs> it says, work hard and be nice to people. And I think that's especially how my parents raised me to be, regardless of anything. Mm-hmm. Just be genuine and humble and work hard and everything else. Yeah. Should be fun. That's great advice. What a quote. Work hard and be nice to people. That's honestly all you need to do in life. Yeah. Okay, so the next question kind of goes into how you view yourself among your team. So do you feel like there's comparison between you and your teammates, jealousy about playing time or anything, or do you feel like it's more of like a supportive environment? That's a good question. I would say that's changed over the years. I guess my first year, um, I'll give you some background. So soccer is like a transitional sport because unlike unlike most sports where players stay all four years, soccer, like there's a high chance a lot of people go pro every single year and they aren't necessarily the seniors. It can mm. be first years, second years, third years. Mm-hmm. And so there's this high pressure for everyone want to want to play all this, every single time. And um, we were going through a transition period where we lost a lot of players who went pro. And so like everyone saw this as an opportunity to start. And I came in as a freshman, and um, I was, um, well, I'm grateful enough that I got to start my first year. Mm-hmm. And I did that, but that came along with a lot of um, envy, I guess, from some of my teammates. But uh, it wasn't necessarily the best team ever because people would speak behind each other's backs, and it was just like, why are they getting more playing time than I am? Mm-hmm. Which is somewhat natural. Like, as an athlete, you have to believe that you're good You're good enough. You have to have some confidence about yourself that you deserve to be on the field, but not to the detriment of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've become really good at over the years, I guess. the first, My first year is when we weren't necessarily good at it, but second year was the best team I've ever been on. Everyone... From that was on the field and off the field was just like super encouraging of each other, like supporting each other. We knew our roles. We just, it, it was great. And my third year was a little bit harder because we didn't have the locker room. And I know that sounds a little bit pretentious and it's like, oh, there we go. And again. <laughs> but I, I just feel like when you're working as a team, you do, you do need those spaces to be a team outside of just being on the field. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that being together off the field is more important than on the field because you build those chemistry you build chemistry, you build um, those connections, relationships that you can't necessarily build on the field, but those are relationships and connections that help enhance your play on the field because it's easy to get frustrated when you're running suicides or you're running and your team's losing and you don't see the person next to you as a friend. Mm-hmm. It's easy to lose your head and just shout at them, but if you if you know who they are and the your, your boys, what you say is tends to be more encouraging. So... It was a little harder last year because we didn't have a locker room in COVID and we couldn't go over to each other's places. Mm-hmm. But this year, it's amazing. I love the team. Everyone's still together. And even though we're having a losing record, I shouldn't be saying this, <laughs> um, but even though we have one right now, that's definitely going to change because we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's still together and everyone's encouraging each other. And everyone, even though there's been discrepancies in playing time, everyone is just still very positive. And I think... Um, that's what's helping us persevere in this little bit of a rut that we're in is that everyone can push each other to be better and everyone is no one's like showing envy towards one another so Mm -hmm. that's good yeah that's interesting and I feel like the message in that is that it's not productive to feel jealous or like annoyance to your teammates and more just work 
work hard and be nice to people and like that's what's gonna get you more playing time like talking trash about people behind their backs isn't gonna get you anywhere yeah and i think I, i i like that you say that because i think that applies to life too like there's always in soccer our overarching goal is to like win games and, mm-hmm. and be good and to do that you need a strong team you need good relationships with those people around you but i guess in life um the overarching goal is to live a good life mm-hmm. and i think to do that you have to have good relationships with the people around you mm-hmm. so talking smack or like being envious of people around you doesn't do anything to push the team or i could say your family or like um humanity forward mm-hmm. all it does is hold us back and if we could learn to encourage each other then we're all moving together mm-hmm. whereas if it's envious then it's just trying to get each person's trying to get ahead mm-hmm. and if one person's tugging and the other person's pulling you're gonna go mm-hmm. nowhere but if it's a unilateral pull or a tug then you do a lot more good than bad mm-hmm. yeah and that's interesting that that's a lesson you learned being part of a soccer team because that's something that i feel like everyone can relate to because yeah. i know for like a long time i would get super down on myself because I'd be like, how are these people like around me, like accomplishing so much? And like, I feel like I work like 10 times harder than them and I'm not there and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't do anything. Just like ruminating in what you don't have doesn't push you forward in any way. And so I feel like it's a hard lesson to learn, but the sooner you learned that what's more important is just like putting your head down, like doing the work, then like, that's what's going to lead to change, not complaining about what you don't have. Mm And I, I I like that you said I learned I learned a lot about life with the ball at my feet mm-hmm. and I know that's stereotypical to say but like just going off of what you said like you said you work 10 times harder than some people and they're successful in other areas and not necessarily in others mm-hmm. um, you learn pretty quickly that not everyone has the same tool set when you're playing soccer mm-hmm. some people are faster me <laughs> some people are really good at dribbling mm-hmm. some people are really good at shooting some people have great stamina some people are more technical than others some people stronger than others but you need all of those qualities on the field in different positions for you to succeed Mm -hmm. and so for me to be um well tall and fast and expect to have the balance of someone that's shorter than me and a little bit more muscular than me Mm -hmm. is it's it's um kind of insane it's Mm -hmm. somewhat insanity because i'll never be that size but that doesn't go to discredit the talents that i do have because they do help me to like jump and get a ball that someone that's shorter than me wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. or run faster than the person that's there but if we're going into a challenge he's probably going to have more stability and balance than i do Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i just think there's everyone has their talents Mm -hmm. but also everyone has things that they aren't so talented at yeah but you should focus i always say at increasing your strengths Mm -hmm. but also being aware of your weaknesses yeah so exactly but not letting those weaknesses discourage you you. yeah yeah or define you that's a good one too yep all right so do you get nervous before games yes i still do what is what is (laughs) what's going on in your head like 30 minutes before you get onto the field (laughs) the pitch what do they call it? Uh, field? You can call it either one. <laughs> field, pitch. Um, I grew up calling it a pitch. It depends. You know, I I get nervous. I would say it's a mixture of being nervous but also excited. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you know it's a big game. And I feel as though the games where I'm nervous, I don't necessarily play as well until I get into my rhythm. 
I've played my best games when I've sort of like um, meditated before a game. And so like okay. five minutes of just like calmness and just have my headphones on. And sometimes I'm not even playing music. It's just so I could shut out, mm-hmm. have them have the noise canceling feature on mm-hmm. and not hear anything that's going on around me. Or listening to the Calm app, which is something really cool. Mm-hmm. The ACC just got um, all student athletes access to the Calm app. It's really nice. <gasps> really? Yeah, I know. Not it's really Headspace? Nice. I think it's a partnership, but it's really cool. I like the Calm app. Yeah. And the so, Calm app, I think, is the one that has like the Harry Styles meditation that talks you to sleep. I haven't listened to Harry Styles. I don't think I want to listen to Harry Styles before I sleep. What? <laughs> that's not that's a you thing. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, might just like, be a me thing. Yeah. That might just be a me thing. But yeah, so that, I find my best games are when. I am believing in myself and my what I like my talents and my practice, especially the hard work that I've put in before, mm-hmm. and just go out there and have fun mm-hmm. and know that I can control what I can control and everything that I can't control. It's it's not up to me. Mm-hmm. So I do get nervous, but it's a mixture of nervousness and excitement. Yeah, I would say. And I feel like you need to be nervous in some way because that shows that you care about yes. how you perform. Like if you're not nervous, then I feel like you're just like, okay, like I don't care what happens here. Exactly. But you want to do well for like the sake of your team. Exactly. So that's before you get onto the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about when you're actually on the field and you're playing? Like what are you thinking? How do you get over the pressure of performing when there's like hundreds of people like cheering you on or being like oh like when you know like you lose the ball miss a goal all of that stuff how do you kind of tune out the crowd so once i step onto the field and i've made that first pass maybe sometimes even before that i don't notice how big the crowd is i mean sometimes you do but like it's usually in the breaks like if the ball goes out and is a throw in but if the ball's in play like i it's almost it's like selective attention like selective hearing i do not hear what fans are saying um sometimes not even what my teammates are saying and that's a bad thing (laughs) but um it's usually just me focused on the game and what i have to do and if i make a mistake sometimes i i am pretty hard on myself on and off the field and if i make a mistake it's easy to be like oh cabral come on you shouldn't have done that and um I used to do that a lot my first year. But mm-hmm. in my second year, just like, come on, Cabral, like, that sucks. And sometimes it affects my next play and then my next play. And it wasn't until recently that I learned that each play is individual. And it's it's an individual play, I mean. And it's um, it's it's, it's independent of another play. Mm-hmm. And so what this play, what you do in this play doesn't necessarily matter to the next play. And it shouldn't affect the next play that you have. Mm-hmm. And so just it's almost learning to persevere through it all. Like you might do really good on this play and then really suck on that play, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be perfect in each case because no one is. So um, that's how I get over that part. But necessarily on the field, I don't, I don't hear you guys as much as I know you want me to hear you. I don't necessarily hear you guys. I hear my coaches more so than anything else. Okay. Yeah. So you don't get annoyed when people do the little like corner kick thing where like they stomp on the bleachers. I feel like that would be so distracting. It's not distracting at all. Really? No. That like encourages you? Yeah. The sound of the bleachers almost falling through. Okay. That's good. That's good to know. I actually like if I do hear people like chanting like uh, chirps or mean stuff like that actually encourages me more than anything else because I'm like, oh, haters. Let's go. Really? <laughs> I love that. So what you're saying is it'd be most helpful for the UVA student section to, to just... To me? 
yeah yeah just don't choke too hard you know like (laughs) just control it like don't go after the parts that i'm sensitive about (laughs) what are you sensitive about oh let's not talk about that on radio (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna start having signs on my door and saying lots of weird stuff and i don't need that (laughs) do people people would do that hey i don't know you get hate mail i don't get hate mail okay i don't get fan mail either so no well, to anyone listening, if you want to drop Cabral some fan mail. Yeah, please do. His name is on the door. You can uh, go find it. I will respond. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Of course. Heard it here first. I respond to my mom's fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might just be a little bit different. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Okay, so what is one thing that people don't understand about what it's like to be a student athlete? Oh, wow. I love this question. That it is extremely difficult i think a lot of people like to see the um upside of it that you're on tv Mm -hmm. and that a lot of people see the athlete backpack and they're like oh my god like you're amazing yeah or a lot of people see that um you you get extensions on papers or you might get tutoring or you have the athlete dining hall and you have Mm -hmm. all these little perks and that's that's what's clearly visible to everyone to see, but I don't think they necessar- necessarily see the downsides to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's like a full time job almost. It's it's very much a full time job, and it's not it's not only the physical toll that it takes on you; it's also a mental toll. Mm-hmm. So to to wake up like almost every morning religiously at like six thirty, mm. six. Um, before up before eight to like go practice and you're going to practice and not only are you becoming physically tired running around or lifting and all that stuff but there's a mental toll like if you're not playing then that's an issue that's something that you have to child you have to deal with Mm. or if you are playing you have to deal with what the coaches are saying um you have to deal with let's say on a game day how do you control your emotions and your feelings when you have class the whole day and then you have to go to a game at 5 p.m.? Yeah. Like on our game day, I have class. I have, we have practice in the morning, so I'll go to practice, watch film, leave here at like 6.30, go there, watch film, go to class at 9.30, 9.30 until 3. After 3, I have to go get my pregame meal and get ready for the game at 5. So how am I handling my emotions throughout the day if I have a test? Or I have an exam, I have a paper, I have a quiz, I don't do so well. Mm. But I have to think about the game too, and then I have to completely switch my attention to the game. Mm. And I do that, and maybe the game doesn't go too well, or like something happens, and I'm mad, and then I have to come back at like 10 p.m., and I still have homework that's due the next day. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to figure out how you're going to do that um, with the thought in mind that you have to be up again the next day at like 8 a.m. to go to practice yeah. before class. So like that's that's part of it that's hard. There's the mental toll of like not always being at school when you have away games. Mm-hmm. That that I think is super hard because you miss class, but you also miss time to be doing homework because you're with the team and you're trying to focus. So I think that's a mental toll. And it's, it's just, it, it builds up. I would say like a day of it, two days of it, three days of it, is fine. Mm-hmm. A week of it maybe is fine. Once you're going to two weeks, three weeks of just the same t- the same thing, it's repetitive. It it starts to like pile up on each other. Soon enough, you're like behind on sleep, mm-hmm. you're behind on homework, and then you can't really focus. And then that just is a perpetual cycle because the next day you're not performing as well. You get mad. Like it's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of expectations on you too. Um, 
off the field and on the field. You can't be not doing well in your class because you were playing soccer. You, it's not enough to say, mm-hmm. I didn't have time to study in the night before because we had a game. Mm-hmm. The professor's not going to see that. But again, it's not good enough to be like, I didn't do too well in practice today because I was up all night studying for my exam. Mm. And so it's it's this delicate balance of doing both um, equally well and that is physically and mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that sounds like a lot. I'm just trying to wrap, right, my, wrap my head around that. Yeah. The fact that you also do like 400 clubs and stuff <laughs> outside of that. Like how do you make time for yourself and to like recuperate after Oof. just being go 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 <sighs> yeah that's a good question i've i've been good at it and i've also been bad at it my my teammates make fun of me all the time because like they always want to hang out and like oh okay, well, let's go do this and i'm like i have a meeting mm-hmm. or i have this to do and i have that to do and sometimes it gets hard when i have a week that's just so fully packed i look at my google calendar and i'm like well why did you do this to yourself yeah um but for me there's always the there's always the overarching theme that i need to i need to work hard and i i I know nothing else but working hard Mm -hmm. and being busy is almost kind of like my comfort because then i don't really have time to like think about my thoughts as much Mm -hmm. but in terms of routine i think routine is super important Mm -hmm. especially for me i try to go to bed every day before 11 if I can and if I'm not stressed like for a period of three days like for example like this past weekend we went to Notre Dame little sidetrack we went to Notre Dame mm-hmm. like play the game Friday evening got back to the hotel 10 p.m. 11 p.m. I had to wake up at 3 to fly at 4 a.m. the next morning come back 12 p.m. oh my gosh and you still want to like you're still in college so you still want to go out and have fun so you go out and have fun come back but you have you miss Thursday Friday schoolwork. And then half of your day Saturday, and then you have Sunday, and there's meetings on Sunday, for example, for me. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you need to catch up on all of that stuff. But you lose sleep for that period of time, and you lose that schedule. And so yeah, as soon as you lose it, the minute you can get it back, it's so important that you do get that sleep routine back. Mm-hmm. You do get the waking up back. Um, I have a night routine, and I have a song that I play every time before I go to bed. What is it? It's uh, it's actually, what is it called? It's by Rufus DeSoul, and I think it's Underwater. Underwater. Wait. I love it. Okay, I, I think love I that know song. that song. And it's just yeah. like, because there's no words to it. I'm not yeah. thinking much about it. Mm-hmm. There's like some words, but like it's just, it's calming to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that, and I'll use my Theragun, and I'll roll out and stretch yeah. before I go to bed. And it's kind of like therapeutic. I know it sounds yeah. silly, but it just, it, the routine gives me comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also also a man of faith, so my religion also really helps me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So I try my best if it's anything, if it's AIA, or sometimes if I can, I'll go to like MNL, or if I can go to um, our Bible study, which we have every Thursday. Like those are things that I fit into my schedule, and I try not to miss mm-hmm. my by all means because it's therapeutic and it, it helps it helps me um, view life, mm-hmm. and it's like from a larger perspective it's really hard to get it's really easy i mean to get stuck into your day-to-day routine and not see the um the objective goal of life Mm -hmm. and so for me um just almost hitting the reset button going to bible study or going to church every sunday Mm -hmm. with my teammates it helps a lot and it just gives me a piece of 
like that peace of mind mm-hmm. and almost I already said so okay. yeah yeah oh i have so many follow-up questions i'm trying to figure out which one i want to ask i should talk this no, 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 no. You are the guest here, so you should talk more than I do. You talked about how being busy is your comfort now, since that's how it's been your entire life. Mm-hmm. So, do you worry about burnout? No, because when I am busy, I know it's for a period of time. For example, I knew I was going to be busy from Thursday last week mm-hmm. to um, Tuesday this week. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, it's fine. I'm just going to drink like two cups of coffee every single day <laughs> and just grind it out and not have sleep. But on Wednesday, I am going to cancel everything I have yeah, and just be by myself. So like that's today. Oh, uh, whoops. <laughs> no, no, this is perfect. It's a gloomy day. So that helps and just sit inside. My teammates came in. We watched TV, relaxed, got food, went to the pav. And I don't plan on doing much else the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's, I do do that, but then I find myself, I give myself time to recuperate. Um, Obviously in an ideal world, I would give myself a period of time every single day to do that. But if I can't, then I just wait a few days until my high stress days are over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's really, that's really impressive that you're able to view it that way and kind of be like, these few days are going to suck. But after like, I know I can rest mm-hmm. because I feel like me personally, like whenever I'm stressed about, like I am pre-stressed about working from five to one next week. Like that is like <laughs> something that's just like on my mind. And I like, yeah. for some reason can't be like, Oh, I'll just have coffee and I'll be fine. I'm like, Oh my God, that's gonna be so terrible. And I'm like, that's like going to suck. And so I feel like that's the mindset you need to have though. Like when we have commitments and have things mm-hmm. that, you know, we're wanting to do like you just kind of have to go through it and then you know what's that quote you survived 100 percent of your bad days exactly (laughs) so just like have hope that you know you will get through it exactly i agree thank you for that that was very wise okay we have rapid fire questions now oh let's go so what is your craziest game story game story Mm -hmm. oh i don't think i can say that on the air uh why uh, unless you did something illegal i didn't do anything illegal i've been in the mood of like getting yellow cards recently just by kicking the ball oh my sister just got her first yellow card i love getting them (laughs) i think it's it does a lot for the team everyone gets pumped because like (laughs) uh, it will be like it will be like an egregious tackle obviously without hurting the opponent you know just like a little shove in the back like kicking the ball away punch in the face (laughs) yeah a little punch in the face (laughs) a little trip to the er (laughs) nothing big but yeah, no, nothing egregious and it's, it, but it's almost, it's very intense. And so that gets the boys going and everyone's like, oh yes, we're like here to win. Like we're, we're going to fight hard. Yeah. So I guess that's a, it's not necessarily crazy, but it's just a mindset that I've had recently. That's, you know, whatever. Okay. The crazy stories I cannot say on air. Sorry. <laughs> Disappointed. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> What's dating like as a student athlete? Dating. Oh, I don't do much of that. <laughs> so because of time, well, or just because, like, again, like the celebrity thing, like you don't want someone who I, I, wants I to date you because you're a celebrity. It's a good question. Oh, I hope my friends. Guys, don't for the record, Cabral's getting a little squirmy right now, <laughs> moving around in his little his little leather chair there. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it's I. I haven't done it much. I did a little bit my first year, kind of, not necessarily, but mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's hard 
from what I hear about my teammates, it's easier to date an athlete because you're almost on similar schedules. Mm. When you're not, then it's a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, it's also because you're around a lot of the same people all the time. Okay. It's kind of hard to break the athlete bubble because you'll see them when you go to dinner. You'll see them in the training room. You'll mm-hmm. see them when you're getting food. And it's it's like, if you see, you, you know, like, attraction is built up the more you see people mm-hmm. and the more you spend time around them. Yeah. So... For some people, it's like the athlete circle can be uh, can be bad. And a lot of people don't like dating other athletes. I'm one of the people that says that. Um, a lot of people that don't want to date other athletes, they find it hard to break the athlete bubble because they don't necessarily know people outside of that. Yeah. And so dating can be hard because you don't necessarily know everyone and um, that you could potentially be with. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think it's okay. I mean, it's you do have your little cloud chasers and that that does suck um because you never know if people like you for you yeah or if they're just trying to be like oh i'm talking to an athlete Mm -hmm. um and you also carry that athlete stereotype too that oh he must be douchey or or, he must not treat me right or he must be like a bad guy he just wants to get with everyone so it's like a delicate dance like you never Mm -hmm. know um what it's it's more you're dealing with a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of barriers instead of what instead of not having any preconceived notions and just going as yourself mm-hmm. and having no barriers because you just you're not um put in any other bubble you know what i mean yeah so. yeah and that makes sense that i feel like athletes date other athletes because mm-hmm. they i mean you all understand what you were talking about earlier like mm-hmm the stress of working nonstop, yeah. you know, stress of comparison among teammates, playing mm-hmm. time, all of that. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, dining hall. That was the next one. What dining can you tell hall. me about the dining hall? I can tell you that the Super dining quick. hall does have some good food here and there. Um, we, have you ever taken like a video of it? I can get a video for you guys. Really? I could. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> now we have that on record. I so. hope. I hope. <laughs> Let me just check with the people higher up. <laughs> Because I could I could end up in trouble for um, taking videos, but I'm pretty sure I can. It's it's good. It just got renovated, so it looks really cool. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of state of the art now. Ooh. It was renovated during COVID, so that's really cool. It well, now that good. you're hyping it up, we really do need a video. <laughs> it is pretty nice. And then give the people what they want. The food, the food's good. The food's good. I mean, we have our really good days where there's like lobster and lobster. Yeah, that that happens like maybe like. Four or five times a semester. That seems like a lot to me. It's like <laughs> once every month. Yeah, almost. Some, uh, maybe that's maybe three times. Do you think a Newcomb has ever served lobster before? No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, but like three times a month. It's easier when you're not serving that many people to serve lobster. Yeah. Um, there's always Taco Tuesday, which is nice. Okay. Taco Tuesdays is good. There is. There's always your staples: chicken, rice. There's always salad. There's always pizza, which is good. There's always cookies, which is also good. But the food the food's good i'm not gonna lie the chef kenton my boy mm. he does he does a really good job oh one thing that is special to athletes um the athlete dining hall is that on birthdays the chefs the chef makes a cake no for the person's birthday yeah and it's not just any old cake like he'll he'll make some sort of dessert so sometimes it's like a tiramisu or like um a truffle cake or like something like special damn it's not for every athlete though it's oh it's only for the special uh, ones it's some special ones i don't know how he picks them 
um if you are you one of the special ones uh i hope so my brother's in two days i mean not two days in like a week oh so, happy early birthday thank you so we'll see if i get something special yeah keep us updated <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's it's really cool i guess it's the people that have built a rapport with kenton that he gets them stuff but okay yeah it's, wow it's cool there's also traditional foods that's another thing that we do some days it's like traditional like this plantains which i really love and yeah we'll do that and like there's days where it just like goes like um, South American food, like African food, like Asian food. So that's really cool, too. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. Shout out, Kenton. If you're listening to this, please yes. make Cabral a special birthday Please, dessert. Kenton. <laughs> you know I love you. All right. So the last question is, we've talked a lot about sports, but we didn't have any questions about you living on the lawn, which Ooh, yeah. you do. Okay. So our final question is, do you pee in your sink? No. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, why are we doing this? <laughs> no i have but i don't so you have i have guys the the first the first few weeks i'm not gonna lie the first few weeks was tough because i wasn't on the right schedule bathroom schedule and i woke up one morning and it was either yeah i woke up one morning and i really needed to pee and i was like oh my god guys i'm not gonna make it there but <laughs> you're not gonna make it the I'm not gonna make it ten the feet to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was I thought I came in clutch because my the rotunda was right there. Yeah. And I was like, Oh geez, I'm gonna be fine. I can go to the bathroom whenever I want. Yeah. And then I realized that the rotunda bathroom is closed at nighttime. Oh and it's it's closed uh pretty early in the morning. And so the first week I didn't know that. And I thought the first day I like it took me three days to realize that. <laughs> three so days to day, train your bladder to yeah. pee at convenient times. Well, yeah. No, the first day I peed in my sink, and then the second day, <laughs> the second day was because I wake up super early. Yeah. Like no one's around, so the first day was in my sink. The second day was in the bush. <laughs> and I was like, people do that when they're drunk, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and then the third day, I like again peed in the bush, and um, after that, I learned my lesson. Okay. That I don't want to be peeing in my sink. So wow. it was like once or twice that I peed in my sink, guys. Let's, let's sit okay. there and get straight. I mean, respect for peeing in the bush instead of the sink, I guess. I did clean it, though. So let's, let's, not, let's not worry about that. Oh, I hope you And I'm sure a lot of people on this probably lied about peeing in the sink. You know who you are, okay? <laughs> don't, li- don't lie about it, okay? If you have, it's fine. We're all in this together, right? As long as you clean up after yourself. Okay? Solidarity. I'm all about being genuine. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> All Lonnie's pee in the sink. Most of them, a whole large majority. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, Cabral. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I've definitely learned a lot. And I know that, like, as you said, people have preconceived notions about athletes. Mm -hmm. I definitely did up until 37 (laughs) minutes ago. I was like, wow, being an athlete (laughs) seems like the life. You're a celebrity. But it is is hard work. So much respect to you and all the other student athletes out there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, come on anytime. If you guys are still listening, make sure to BYOB next week. Bye. Bye.